Oh man, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but I'm going to. I'm going to give it my best shot for you because the beginning of the year, you probably have in mind some changes you want to make. In fact, maybe you're well on your way to making those changes. January 1st, you said... I'm going to improve my relationships. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to be a better person. Whatever it is that you want to do, I want to help you with that. So I want to talk about change. And just as an introduction to the new book that I wrote, which is going to be coming out soon, hopefully the end of this month, January of 2023, I've written a book called The Whole World is Going Crazy, But You Don't Have To. And I address mental health problems from my favorite place, a place of scripture and psychological understanding. And so when you think about things like change, like, well, what does God want me to do? Does God want me to make change? How do I make, and maybe more importantly, how do I sustain change? You know, it used to be cliche, the whole world is going crazy, but it actually feels true. Now, the question before I talk about change specifically is, why has the world gone crazy? Well, there's a lot of reasons, and maybe your reasons are personal. Maybe for you, it's because you've gotten divorced. Maybe it's like your kids are out of the house, or maybe you've just had babies. Maybe it's the pandemic. Maybe you've lost your job. The truth is, there are a lot of causes that can cause the crazy train to barrel down the tracks. But if you want to get off that change train and actually make change to a more stable, loving, peaceful life, You've got to choose. See, your crises, whatever it is, is robbing you of life. Now, again, if it's any consolation, you're not alone. I mean, the truth is I can't remember a time in my professional career as a therapist when so many people are struggling with anxiety and depression, personal relationships so frayed, thoughts about the future so pessimistic. But not everybody is going crazy. Some people are actually doing really well and thriving. And maybe for you, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Part of you feels like, yeah, I'm kind of going crazy a little bit, but I don't want to share that. But just in case, Joe, you have some information, what would you suggest I do so that I don't go crazy, so that I actually have a life more filled with purpose and meaning and joy? Well, it begins with choice. You've got to choose. You're not going to just go crazy because the world is going crazy, but you've got to choose. Now, I want to begin with this when you think about choice, because I don't want to oversimplify it or say, oh, it's just easy. You just got to choose to do this. You got to just choose to exercise or choose to be kind or choose to be loving. Because sometimes when you actually make a choice, it's going to be really difficult. But it begins with choice. And I want you to consider, as you think about the choices that you make, the God that you follow, if you're a Christian, Jesus, whom you follow, says, I want you to follow. But what did he choose? He chose the cross. And I think that sometimes when you think about your life, you've got to ask yourself, for what am I willing to suffer? Are you willing to pick up your cross to actually achieve a better relationship, to achieve better mental health? You know, there isn't just a secret recipe for experiencing a revitalized, resilient resurrection life, but that's exactly what God wants you to have. How do you take possession of that life? There's a lot of books that are written on resilience, 
or joy or the cross. But I want to approach this from both a scriptural as well as a psychological understanding. Because, see, it's my life's passion, literally, to live a life full of joy, purpose, and meaning, and to share that knowledge with you. But step number one, when you think about choice, when you think about the changes that you want to make in your life, you've got to be willing to choose. And what is that? For you, what would you have to choose? Well, again, I want to start with the difficult information that you might not like. Because this isn't the five simple steps to a life of prosperity or joy or happiness or wealth or whatever else. Because what Jesus says is, ready? Pick up your cross and follow. Now, you might not like that. You might say, I don't want to pick up my cross. But what if that was the way actually to finding real joy in your life? Because that is the message of the gospel. It was crazy the other day. I saw, I don't know, I saw it on Twitter or something like that. This pastor goes, I've got a chandelier in my house that's worth more than most people's houses. And I got 27 of these chandeliers. And I said, well, what gospel is he preaching? Is this the gospel of Jesus? Is this Christianity? Because nowhere does Jesus say, follow me and I will make your life easy. He said, no, you got to pick up your cross. But if you pick up your cross and you follow, I will give you a life of joy, a life of purpose, a life of meaning. And so you got to begin by saying, if you really want to make change in your life that will contain joy and purpose and meaning, you have to ask yourself, are you willing to suffer? Are you willing to struggle? Are you willing to pick up your cross? Now, you might say, Joe, I don't really want to do that. I don't blame you. The problem is, it's impossible not to, because at some point in your life, you will experience struggle, calamity, trauma, loss. So you can't avoid it. There's no sense in running from the cross when you can actually just pick it up and follow. Now, how do you choose to engage in hardship? Well, how you do, actually, is what will allow you to rise out of the ashes and the dark into a glorious life, a life of strength and joy and holiness, because this is what God wants for you. Wherever you are, you can go into a better, more resilient, joyful life. But you be, would you be willing to pick up your cross? The Apostle Paul says, do you not know that the runners in the stadium all run in the race, but only one wins to win the prize? Only one. And that's what God is calling you to do, to run, to choose, to pick up that prize. I run. And pretty much every time I'm running, trudging up a hill, doing wind sprints, I usually think to myself, I hate this. <laughs> whose stupid idea was this to do this running thing? I hate running. And then I remember, oh, yeah, that was my idea to do this. But it's not just my idea. More importantly, that's God's command to run. Not necessarily on your favorite mountain or at the track, but to run, to live, to win. But you've got to choose. Now, I don't know if you're a runner or not. But if you are, if you've ever tried running, you probably arrived at the same conclusion that I do. 
boy, this is really hard. <laughs> I've been running my whole life. And I still say that every single time I run, I go, oh, this is really hard. Why do I do this? I go, oh, you do it because there's a payoff. Because when you pick up this cross, you actually grow in health, mental health, physical health. And yet I've never got over the concept that running is actually quite difficult. And I want you to consider your life, that you're never going to get over this concept, this idea that it's not difficult. But that doesn't mean that you're not pursuing this life or doing what is right and good. Because again, not to be too repetitive, but I want to remind you of this cold fact. Jesus says, pick up your cross. So you got to think about this. Are you willing to do that? See, every great story, including yours, has at least three central characters. A hero, which is quite honestly the part that you want to play. The villain, who could actually be a person in your life, or maybe it's your life tragic circumstances. And finally, the victim. And that actually might be the part that you're playing. But quite honestly, face it. If you were to be cast in a movie, would you say, oh yeah, I want to play the victim? Probably not. Probably you want to be the hero in that story. And God wants you to be the hero in your story. Now that's not some cheesy, you know, Rambo kind of image. That's somebody who says, yes, I will pick up my cross. I will do what is difficult. I will run to win the race. But quite honestly, sometimes it's easy to get start to, to get stuck playing the victim. And maybe you've played it for so long that you've become comfortable in your discomfort of playing the victim. But I'm going to assume that right now you want more from life. You want a life of strength, a life of purpose. You want to live the hero's life. But remember this and think about all the great movies you've loved. A hero's life is defined by the sacrifices he is willing and choosing to make. Pick up your cross. And before you discover that life, you have to ask yourself if you're willing to make the sacrifices necessary to achieve that life, will you choose to do what is difficult? Will you sacrifice your comfort to live the adventurous life God offers? Will you give up win having to win the argument with your wife to have her back? Will you be willing to submit your will to God's? These are the choices that you have to make. So how do you begin that resilient journey? How do you take possession of that life, the hero's life, the winner's life? You go back to God. Because that's what God wants you to do. But you got to choose to do what is difficult. You've got to be willing to pick up your cross. In all my years as a therapist, I've never once had somebody come in to say, see me and say, you know, my life is actually really great. I just thought I'd pay you all this money so that... No, it's more like, I'm tired of living this lie. Of hurting those I say I love. I can't tolerate this pain. My anxiety is through the roof. I feel like throwing it all in. I feel like giving up. I want to die. But you don't have to. God calls you to a life of joy, a life of fullness, a life of purpose, a life of meaning. But you first got to be willing to pick up your cross. There are times that you're going to want to turn back. 
There are times when you say, I can't do this. I just want to lay down this cross. I just want to go to the spa and get a, a massage. But that's when you got to find that strength. Because God doesn't just say, suffer. He says, I will be with you. I will be there to help you carry your cross. When you don't know what the heck you're doing, I'll lead you. I'll guide you. You're not going to be alone. I'm a runner, but I'm not a triathlete. Mostly because I never wanted to run with thousands of other people. <laughs> and sometimes I just get bored. I go, eh, I'm done with running. Six miles is fine. But great athletes, you know, especially those who compete in extreme endurance events like the Ironman, a lot of times they don't feel like they can finish. They want to say, I'm going to drop this cross. But what do they do and what can you do at that time when you say, I don't know if I can choose to do this? They put one foot in front of the other. They break down their race into feet, into yards, a mile, until they've accomplished that goal. You know the joke, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Hey, it's not a very funny joke, and I don't know who in the world would want to eat an elephant, but the truth is sometimes your life of faith, your life of purpose, that full life that God is wanting you to obtain Sometimes it's just one step at a time. There's a Chinese proverb that says, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. And sometimes your life of faith is just that, Lord, I can't go on. And God's saying, take that one step. Pick up the cross. You've got to choose. And it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be grand to actually obtain this life of purpose and meaning and resilience. But you've got to start somewhere. You've got to choose to give, to serve. Whoever gives a, a cup of cold water to the little ones because he's thirsty, he goes, I say, you do that and you will never lose your reward because if you do that in my name, you're giving me the drink. And I want to emphasize what Jesus is saying is start small. If you want to make a change in your life, take small steps. See, Christ invites you to pick up your cross and follow him. He's chosen to fashion you. Not in ease, but in the crucible of pain. The cross. And yet, how much time do you spend trying to avoid the pain, even when it's in your best interest to do just the opposite? You choose not to sacrifice for your relationships, but the truth is a thriving relationship, which requires sacrifice, is what gives you the most joy in life. It's what gives you the opportunity to live a life of purpose and meaning, not to mention that it actually adds years to your life if you're in a healthy relationship. And yet you might be refusing to pick up your cross. There is a way to achieve an extraordinary life. But you might be overlooking the gift that will transform your life as it is now into a vibrant, joyful, resilient, and holy life. And what is the gift? It's that one thing that at first glance you probably would not recognize, understandably, as a gift. The Apostle Paul certainly didn't recognize it. But then later on, he speaks about it. Paul said, I was given this gift of, what do you think it is? The gift of a handicap. 
or as some translations describe, a thorn in the flesh, to keep him in constant touch with his limitations. Now you, just like Paul, I get it. You might be thinking to yourself, what, being reminded of my limitations is a gift? Because if you go to a psychologist, probably, or some, I don't know, pop culture life coach, whoever, they might say, you've got to think about all your strengths. And what God is saying is just the opposite. No, I want you to remember your limitations. Now, why is that? Paul didn't get it. Three times he prayed to God. He said, Lord, remove this thorn from me. And God said, no, Paul, because you're missing it. And you might be missing it similarly. The gift of a handicap. I've done that. It makes sense. But when you actually embrace your limitations, what do you open yourself up to? The gift of grace. My grace is enough, Paul, God says. My grace is enough, God says, to you. There are a lot of books written on the science of happiness and resilience, a lot of books written by theologians about picking up your cross. But what I want to speak about and what I write about in the book, the whole world is going crazy, but you don't have to, soon out, soon available for your purchase, is the power of choice. And the power of recognizing your limitations so that you can open your life up to God, which includes picking up your cross, so you can experience that grace, so you can make that life transformation, or perhaps more accurately said, so that God can make that transformation within you when you avail yourself to his grace. Because it's his grace mixed with faith and your actions that will enable you to move from your current life as it is into the life shaped by God. Are you willing to choose what is difficult? Are you willing to pick up your cross? What is your cross? What do you really want in your life? A life shaped and fashioned by God? Or do you want to follow your own will? You can, God will let you. But there is one path, one race worth running. That's the race that God has called you to. Run to win. Pick up your cross. Choose. I will meet you back on the road. And remember, always forward.